So there's more. Yeah, that's obviously Mandalorian. No, no, uh, I'm I'm still talking about. <laughs> you're really liking the hijack today. <laughs> I am. I'm into it today. <laughs> How's it going, eh? It's going pretty good. Excellent. I am... Uh, All recovered after the holiday festivities. I suppose, if, if such a thing is possible. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm the proud owner of a new pair of AirPods Pro. Cool. They're very No cool. wires. No wires at right. all, yeah. Which is good for me because I have ruined many a pair of headphones, yanking them out when I mm-hmm. you know, bend down to pick something up and suddenly raise up yeah. the wires around my knee or... A yeah. cabinet handle or something, and uh-huh. whoosh! Oh, it's traumatizing. Yeah. What's the last time I did like that? It was at school. <laughs> it wasn't earpods. It was. Oh, I know what it was. I plugged my laptop into the stereo mm-hmm. system so I can use you know the big speakers in the in the music room, and yeah, I I walked across and practically tripped over the cable and yanked it out of the <laughs> out of the laptop and Correct. sent that askew and the <laughs> projector a little bit askew. And kids were like. Oh. <laughs> Oops, uh, sorry. Lovely. Yeah, I don't. During a piece of music, so <laughs> thus wrecking the mood in yeah. many ways. Uh, oops. It was awkward. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, that's a family trait. But <laughs> it's true. Uh, so here we go. Wire free. That's just good. Yeah, it's good. They're horrifically expensive. Um, but mm-hmm. on the plus, on the plus side, I had a uh, fully paid off, um, ready to be unlocked iPhone um, of <laughs> several generations ago. That mm-hmm. uh, it, we found out that Apple will give you uh, um, the most money on a trade-in because, of course, you know it keeps you within their ecosystem uh, if you if you trade it in through them. Right. And so they'll refurbish whatever can be refurbished and part out everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and they uh, luckily they gave us um, the max amount of trade-in for this particular model as Apple Store credit. Yes, as Apple Store credit. Uh- and then cool. we just applied that toward the AirPods. So they ended up being just a little more expensive than a decent pair of regular headphones would be. Mm-hmm. All so right. That's, that's the that's the reason I have them. And they're they're marvelous. I, I cannot <laughs> I cannot praise them highly enough, honestly. Uh-huh. They um they really do work well. Um apparently somehow they sorry. Somehow they're uh noise canceling. Yeah, they they are um what they call active noise canceling, which is the, you know, they listen yeah. For the sound, rather than just you know have a set of frequencies that they mm-hmm. play back into the thing. The way they work is uh, by playing uh, a, a mirrored sing- signal from ambient noise 180 degrees out of phase, which is you know a, I don't I don't really fully understand how that works, except that uh, by flipping the signal you cancel it out, mm-hmm. so that it effectively you know. A, a flipped audio signal, like if you picture a waveform, you know, right. that, that you would see on a, a normal timeline of music or something. Uh, mm-hmm. If you flip that upside down, it's the reverse of and merge it. the ups and downs, you know, that, right. that normally come in. And uh, yeah, just some something about it uh, merges the, the signal and it deadens the thing more or less. Yeah, the waves cancel each other out. Yep. So if you if you think of waves, obviously that would work the same way. You know, a wave that is a reverse would create a trough, 
for every peak and the you know the signal would drop into the center making it quiet right or the water if you think of it as water right if you made a if you made a dip in the water <laughs> every, for every wave the wave would flatten out yep so that's kind of how i understand the way it works but in practice all you hear is just lessened ambient noise mm-hmm. it's pretty it works fantastic i've never used a you know noise canceling headphones for any length of time maybe a minute at the brookstone store or something so i didn't really i, I didn't really know how good it was and uh, apparently these aren't even you know especially good hmm. so they're like they're good but not the top you know the, the sony's for the same price apparently are are uh, even better so teaching kids uh, not just kids but teaching people about intonation when you're playing a musical instrument if you're not in tune then the sound waves start to cancel each other out or, or work against each other. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to work as hard to play as loud if you're in tune. So mm-hmm. when the sound waves are not canceling each other out, they actually enhance uh, or give the illusion of enhancement sure. anyway. And then as you uh, play further and further out of tune or more people out of tune with each other, then that, you know, it's the same effect. It's they're canceling waves. Mm-hmm. The better you can play in tune, the more pure the sound can be, and the uh, less effort to project you need. Hmm. Interesting. Stop canceling my waves, dude. (laughs) All I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. (laughs) Embouchure. Embouchure. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, it's quite shocking to have something like a fan on or hear some car noise from the street. You turn the noise cancel on and it just fades. Hmm. It's almost nothing. It's amazing. So, yeah, that's what's going on. I've I've been obsessed with listening to to music for the last uh, many hours. (laughs) Last Mm -hmm. night and this morning. All right. Well, we might as well go ahead and into my music share then so you can remain obsessed. Indeed. (laughs) I just came across something I had never heard before from Gustav Holst. You know, most people know his uh, The Planets. Mm-hmm. as his most famous work by far. Right. And <laughs> maybe. When hockey heard you the first time. <laughs> Excellent. And then, of course, the band people know his first suite and second suite for Military Mm -hmm. Band. Those are like, you know, super classic works by him. But then um, back when he was only, I think, 25, he wrote a piece called The the Cotswolds. Actually, it was called Symphony in F, um, but he named it or nicknamed it The the Cotswolds, which was after the local area that he he lived in, um, central west uh, hmm. uh england is he british on, kind of on the welsh border hmm? i didn't realize he was british english oh definitely yes oh, well that it's I that see. gustav that uh, throws you right. off right yeah yeah he's that, very much very british just mm-hmm. okay yeah so when he was 19 he left high school and moved to the cotswolds to mm-hmm. become uh, an organist and choir master at a, at a town there right and then he started conducting and doing more musical stuff i guess he was you know, a bit of a prodigy in that respect, but he hiked through, through the local hills and developed a, a real love for the area. As uh, how could you not? It, it kind of reminds me of uh, central California a bit in that hmm. it's got a, you know, yeah, same, I can see that similar rolling hills, but um, mm-hmm. they're both, 
more and less extreme. The the sort mm-hmm. of um, a lot of the Central California stuff just sort of peters out into nothing, or is really high. Yeah, right. You can it's dramatic. The the hills. Right. These are very easily undulating. You know, uh, sweeps. But there are mm-hmm. a lot of valleys mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, a lot of of uh, rich uh, plant life. So it's not just that same sort of golden grassland and oaks. No. <laughs> There's a lot. Of, no, it's good. There's a lot more different uh, different types of trees and a lot of uh, you know fall color type stuff. It seems, mm-hmm. and uh, and lots more picturesque villages dotting. Sure. you know the whole thing. Yeah, it's very, uh, certainly very old mm-hmm. comparatively uh, as far as uh, civilization is concerned. Yeah. And so he, he really fell in love with it. He was only there a year, but he moved back to London to continue his musical studies. But he always remembered that area and revisited a lot. So when time came in 1900 to, to write a symphony, he uh, used that as his sort of his guide. Mm-hmm. It's very pastoral in certain parts and majestic especially right. beginning and ending. So fully romantic period music. Now, some people criticized it for being, you know, pretty derivative. And it was definitely, uh, you know, of the time. But, you know, he was only 20. <laughs> I mean, 25. So, sure. you know, pretty darn good. Yeah, very. Later on, 15 years later, he wrote The Planets. And uh, he was fully formed, you know, in uh, yeah. his uh, command is, of, I would... of the orchestra and composition. So. <laughs> right. That's mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a more mature work, the planets. Very yeah. Fully, yeah, fully realized, of course, right. for sure. But this one is excellent. I really like it. It's beautiful. But it, it's very British. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it yeah. reminds me of uh, both Vaughn Williams, yeah. <laughs> who would come later, and um, Walt Whitman in the earlier, late 1800s, Walt Whitman was writing. And yeah, that's very, very much mm-hmm. along those lines. It's good stuff. The, the beauty of the fields and that sort of thing. So Walt Whitman, you, the poet, you mean? Yes, Yes, um, not Walt Whitman. Um, okay. William Walton, excuse me. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> Those are different <laughs> like, people. 
I mean, I guess you could think of him as, <laughs> although I, th- I was like, I thought he was American, but still. Yeah. Okay. So Walt Whitman is American. <laughs> yeah. Your night. Walt Whitman! Ah, damn you, Walt Whitman! I hate you, Walt freaking Whitman! Leave the grass, my ass! <laughs> but he, yes, William Walton, the composer, uh, he, he did Walt a... As uh, uh, Robin Williams' character says in Dead Poets Society. Mm, indeed. Did I say society? Society. Dead Poets Society. Society. Must elocute society. Mm-hmm. Speaking of society, <laughs> one of the movements in this Cotswolds Symphony mm-hmm. is a tribute to, it's called William Morris, and it's kind of an elegy for uh, the socialist visionary William Morris, one of Holst's great heroes, apparently. Huh. So that's, that was interesting as well. Very. Wow. Mm. I didn't know that connection at all. And a poet. So so there's where we all <laughs> put the pieces together. Yep. Let's see. Walt Whitman to William Walton to William Morris. <laughs> Two poets and a composer all sharing a bunch of W's. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. You right. saw a thing. Yes, I saw Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Hey, Skywalker. Sheeple. <laughs> and you haven't seen it, but you've I have not seen it. I will see it, but I have not. Spoilers okay. to uh, give it out. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't want to give spoilers uh, in in this one. Uh, no, I really enjoyed it. Don't don't do it in the podcast. Like you, you yeah. uh, feel free to do it with me because I I've gone completely out the other side on spoilers. I was a diehard anti-spoiler, and now I am a diehard. Uh, apathetic. Spoil me up. About spoilers, yeah. Yeah. Spoil it up. Something about the spoils of war in there. Well, um, I've just read many studies are consistent in the the sort of mild um, effect mm-hmm. of spoilers on a person's enjoyment of a story, depending on what it is. And mm-hmm. the the weirdest thing to me reading these studies is one of the highest discrepancies is mysteries people uh, generally who have mysteries spoiled enjoy the story more you know if they if you ask them to rate it at the end their enjoyment uh-huh. they uh, they rate their enjoyment more than people who didn't have it spoiled mm-hmm. and <laughs> perhaps I don't know if it's paradoxically but strangely comedies are the the show the most effective spoilers so people in, yeah. uh, tend to, um, you know, rate their enjoyment slightly less if it's a comedy, which mm-hmm. does not make any sense at all to me. <laughs> well, like but if okay. they, if you give away the joke, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I so, that. but it's not, I, I think it's more, you know, the ending of the story. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's not details about it, but it is, um, it's, it's, uh, aspects or you know just the subject of it mm-hmm. in other words if you tell somebody oh uh such and such said this at the end of the movie and it changed the whole thing yeah that that's a spoiler that i don't really that i don't really know uh-huh. but if you say darth vader is luke's father what um it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't uh um tend to spoil the story for people that's kind of amazing yeah that's amazing counterintuitive because it honestly. sure spoiled the story for luke <laughs> well, they didn't tell him, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell him. That's what he was gonna. That's what he was gonna say. So they, he wanted a real reaction. Yeah. Boy, directors are cruel. <laughs> anyway, 
<laughs> um, go ahead, uh, give us your uh, honest assessment. I really liked it, and I knew nothing about the movie going in, other than and you've seen very, all of them. I have. Be, it, this is yeah. That was yeah. one thing I'm going to talk about in a minute. The nostalgia okay. factor, yes, of seeing them all in the theater. All right, but this this one, you know, I saw a, a couple of little scenes, very brief, and then there were just surprises throughout, which was which was nice that I didn't have <laughs> any spoilers for me. Uh, I got to be surprised by you know a couple characters, and this won't. I don't think this will be a spoiler. Is uh, John Williams has a com- has a cameo in there? That was that was fun. I I saw somebody say that. That's yep. strange. Uh huh. That's sure. the last one. It's not really the last one. <laughs> Here's a spoiler for you. They're already yes. they already got the next one planned, but it's not right. part of this exact mm-hmm. story. Or right. is it? Maybe I don't know. Uh, as far as I know, Ryan Johnson still has his contract to do his own trilogy. I don't think they've canceled it. They haven't announced they've canceled it anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's coming. Is it going to be... It's not directly in the timeline of of these, right? I can't imagine. Yeah. Well, I can imagine quite a bit. <laughs> Aha! Zing! <laughs> um, I think he just wants to do his own thing, and rightly so. But it's, uh, I liked a lot of his ideas uh, story-wise. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like uh, people did complain about the light speed ship thing. Spoilers oh, for yeah. people uh, Spoiler, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen The Last Jedi, but the, the ship light speeding into the the other ship mm-hmm. so that, that it breaks the universe because all you have to do is strap an engine onto an asteroid and bam, <laughs> and wipe out anything. Yeah. But uh, that's not his fault. That's the, that's the fault of the way you set up the universe. You did it. <laughs> you didn't foresee that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> Why not? It seems like I don't see any reason it couldn't work, right? Yeah. So the, yeah, you have to you have to work with that. <laughs> All right. Let's let's not talk about that huge you know elephant over there in the corner. Yeah, yeah that's too too sci-fi. <laughs> don't look at fantasy. it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was great to see that uh, John Williams was the composer and conductor for this one because they did uh, Michael Giacchino for the last two. Is that right? Or sure. just, just seven and then somebody else for eight. I can't remember. Uh, no. I don't remember now. Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, at any rate, he was fully on board. I'm assuming mm-hmm. he was busy rather than, you know, done with it all <laughs> mm. in the previous two. I, I'm not, not sure, but I would imagine. And anyway, mm. so that was fun and he did a great job. And I was He's wondering, like, there's the, nothing wrong with my, Michael Giacchino. Yeah. I've liked several of his scores. Mm. Uh, I was wondering through the film if it was a different composer because, you know, of course they would use his themes, mm-hmm. John Williams' themes, but there were enough different bits and different sounds that I wasn't sure until the end. Uh, and I was like, oh, hey, awesome. You know, that was pretty cool. Nice. It was quite, quite a variety in there, as well as lots of the main themes coming back. Lots of callbacks uh, musically, sonically. Uh, as well as some, you know, in in the story. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed it when the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away it came up and the first hit of the main theme came up. I was kind of teared up a little bit. Like, oh, from 1977 to here. Hmm. And I did. I got emotional in, in several places. It brought me along pretty well. I was right. able to, to stay in, except for, you know, like maybe two little, little things. You know, one was, hmm. well, the CGI face of somebody was yeah, pretty weak. Hmm. I mean, not as realistic as the other CGI face of somebody, you know, like one was spot on and the other one was like, that's clearly a video game person versus, um, you know, how well they did with, uh, well, 
they went to a lot of practical effects for the monsters and, and creatures. Not monsters, mm. I shouldn't call them, but creatures and inhabitants of the different yeah. worlds. Yeah. They got away from more CGI stuff that they had gotten in the prequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was yeah, good. Yeah, and... And a uh, lesson the Mandalorian has learned well. Hmm. Maybe Yoda, you know, is puppeted mostly mm-hmm. lar- or largely. Obviously, they, you know, zero out <laughs> the puppeting. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it's a physical object. Yeah. Good. That sounds good. I think, I'm sure J.J. Abrams was very conscious of the place of the film in, in, in the canon, right? Yes. It's the last of, you mm-hmm. know, some kind of, it's the last of the beginning, if mm-hmm. you like. And, the original um, vision of George Lucas. Yeah, and he's have nine. He's as nostalgic as anyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a kid when they were first starting. So, um, I don't know how old he is. I don't think he's as old as we are. Right? I doubt it, but I don't know. He is um, nope. He's a year older, nineteen sixty-six. All right. So, yep, he was uh, he was there right there mm-hmm. with us when the first Star yeah. Wars came out. Ten. So he would have nine or ten. Along. So yeah, that's uh, I think. I would say that all mixes together. You know, he would want John Williams to be a part of the last yeah. thing and blah, blah, yeah. blah. So, Very cool. Sure. I've enjoyed it. Excellent. All right. Well, I'll, I will definitely see it. Um, <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. when. <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Well, it should be enough if you get a, a decent screened TV or a close enough screen to your eyes and mm. a um, and your super good ear pods. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, We'll see. I, I, I think it's probably another one of those that it works well in the theater with a crowd. Yeah, I think so. There were a couple of laughs, and I would mm-hmm. I would say... I mean, there were only about mm, maybe a dozen people when we were there yesterday, because it was a motinay <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. uh, on a weekday. But even still... Mo, mo, mo. Bar, are you going to mow the lawn today? Okay, but you promised me mo money. I mow, I mow. Mo. mo. When Bart's done, can we mow to the movies? Is it mow name? Of course. All work and mow play makes mow a mow mow. (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) But even with that small crowd, there were some moments that, you know, other than the, there there was clearly a, uh, I have to assume a dad talking to his son about some of the things, you know, why this is significant or that is significant based on the earlier mm-hmm. films, you know. Right. Like, he doesn't know from callbacks, <laughs> this little, little yeah. guy. So there was some of that in there, but that's okay. I knew what he was talking about. I, I could <laughs> I could relate. Cool. Well, I will be writing my newsletter today, mm-hmm. uh, at least uh, as much as I can, uh, before I go to work. <laughs> All right. <laughs> two, two whole hours. Very good. <laughs> and uh, so I will be, uh, yeah, I'll be sending that out. And uh, I'll be uh, scraping for subscribers. <laughs> So, we'll, we'll publicize it next time. Where could one find this? Oh, wait, it's not public, not ready yet. Not quite yet. Let's 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 uh, put one out and Fair then enough. we'll publicize it. If you want to send us an email about your sci-fi trilogy of trilogies, you can send it to bros at itsjustcalledtwobrothers.com. <laughs> if you use the Twitter, you can tweet at us at IGC2B. And you are working on big news for MarcusHarwell.com. Yeah, which I will put on my blog, but... Um, New big yeah. news. Mm-hmm. Go going. Daily image. At MarcusRwell.com. There it is. And and yeah. or news. That could be that could be the title. Cool. And or news. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And or news. Whatever. <laughs> That's what I should call my news my newsletter. Whatever. Some, somebody was talking about uh, what the heck were they doing? They they were talking about uh, you know being critical of storylines in Star Wars lore, 
and what the heck was it? Uh, <laughs> why didn't? Oh, it was about it was about lightsabers and where they would be hidden. Oh. And they say, well, mm-hmm. Leia couldn't <laughs> couldn't bring it back to <laughs> Alderaan. <laughs> 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 Yes. 